Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You've tuned into I Work For Him, the mouthpiece for the faith and work movement, and we got a great show for you today. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Thanks so much for joining us. And I just want to make sure that um, I point you towards our blog that we have on our website. And the reason for that is that we have the opportunity to share things that God's been teaching us that we feel is pertinent to you. And it's just one little way to get something on, um, you know, just a, a short basis that can help you in your daily growth. And we just pray that you will be blessed by that. So go to iworkforhim.com and subscribe. And we'd love to stay connected with you in that way. You know, as Christ followers out there in the marketplace, should we look different, sound different, and act different than our pre-Christian friends and competitors? Can't think so. If we run a business or lead an organization, what are the defining characteristics or the qualities of a great Christian business leader? Or any leader, really, proclaiming Christ as Savior and Lord. You know, Jesus changed all of us, including our ability to lead, just like him. So Todd Hopkins has been working on this list for himself and the young professionals he pours his life into and the business owners at Office Pride Commercial Cleaning Services. He does this all the time and he wanted to share these 10 qualities with us, the I Work For Him audience. Todd Hopkins, welcome back as we highlight the second five qualities of a great Christian business leader. Thanks, Todd. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be back, guys. All right. So during the last show, we highlighted the first five qualities of a great Christian business leader. What were they again? Oh, well, uh, number one, <laughs> I didn't know you were going to spring that on me. Uh, so <laughs> you kind of go into it slowly, but no, today oh, we're just yeah, jumping right like, in, you know? <laughs> right, right. I was going to go with the flow, but I, I got to So, <laughs> all right, here we go. See, it's all one big happy family. We're good. That's right. Uh, number one is protector of gratitude. Uh, I think whether for any leader, number one job is just to, to make sure that we're protecting gratitude. Gratitude is the fuel for forward progress. And if we want to be leading our folks or leading our organization into the future or leading anything ahead, uh, we want to have an attitude of gratitude. So that's number one. Number two, be committed to prayer, reading, and learning. I think uh, great Christian business leaders are. I mean, we all hear that leaders are learners. And uh, so I think we got to be committed to that. I think our prayer life needs to be a notch above. Yeah. Because we have so much responsibility. God knows the future. We want to tap into what God wants us to do. And then uh, number three is challenge culture's definition of success with God's definition of success. And, you know, the world says success is one thing, but God's got another plan. God has a plan for us. And I think it's important for us to, to stay on mission, to stay focused and then uh, number four, I talked about aligning our business and personal goals with God's calling. Uh, so a lot of times I think uh, people get so caught up with their business that they get outside of what they originally knew was God's calling for their life. And we need to make sure foundationally everything starts with God's calling. And if it doesn't pass God's calling for our life, we probably should say no to it. And then Number five, Jim, Martha, you remember we, we finished with uh, committed to and 
implements a system of distraction control. It was a great now, conversation. The, what's really cool, since we did an episode, I've completely built that out. I uh, have a list of, uh, you know, how to identify and overcome 10 distractions uh, that are common to business owners and Christian leaders. So, um, uh, but that's, that's a whole nother thing. Uh, but I've worked on this more since we last talked because I do believe that distractions is the one thing that gets us off course. Uh, we're supposed to stay focused on what it is that, that we're supposed to accomplish in our business or do with our life because God put us here for a reason and Satan has a goal to keep us distracted. So a great Christian business leader will um, be committed to and implement a system of distraction control. Those are the first five we talked about last time. Wow. Great summary. And I just want to encourage our listeners, if you want to hear that in more depth and you're intrigued by this, go back and listen to the last show we did with Todd Hopkins. You can find it by a simple search on iworkforhim.com. And that way you can catch up on those in a little bit more in depth. But Todd, now we're going to go into number six. Uh, number six, you say, access is godly wisdom and authority to achieve God's calling versus in our own strength. How, yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, leaders are smart people, and, and it's really easy for us to tend to think we've got it all together and we can accomplish a lot, and a lot of leaders can. But really, I believe when we do that, we're leaving a lot on the table because God, when, when we march forward under God's authority, under with his strength, we can accomplish so much more, or I should say he can accomplish so much more through us. And I can't help but to think of, um, you know, the scripture, um, John 15, five, right. Where it's, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branch. I mean, right. help me out. I think I'm the vine, you're the branch remain in me. And, uh, you know, I'll, uh, you'll produce much fruit, right? So Jesus talked about, he's going to produce fruit through us when we remain in him. And then he went on to say, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I remember reading that one time thinking, is it possible to do nothing? I mean, uh, what, what is the teaching behind that, right? I've heard people say, ah, oh, you know, if um, you're not a believer, uh, nothing you do really matters. And I'm like, it I don't know about that. Uh, I, I, you know, God has done great things through believers and he's done great things through non-believers. I agree. Right. I mean, even in the Bible, he used evil kings sometimes to accomplish his purpose. So is it even possible to do nothing? I mean, somebody could do something bad and it's still not nothing. It's like a negative something. Right. So I kept asking myself, you know, I was getting stuck here and I asked, I just started spending some time praying about it. I said, God, what is this? You know, Jesus says, apart from, apart from him, we can do nothing. And I was thinking about, do you remember the story? Um, it's in the Bible where, uh, you know, Jesus talks about hating your father and your mother and your brother and your sister. You remember that? Is that in Matthew, I think, maybe? So, um, you know, I was taught that is, Jesus isn't telling us to hate anybody, right? He's saying our love for him should be so great that as you compare the love we have for Jesus to the love we have for others, the love we have for Jesus is so great. It would almost make the love we have for others appear as hate, mm. a comparative hyperbole. Right. And, and so, you know, I got to think, and I think this is what's happening here when Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. 
It's more as he's speaking in a comparative kind of a way. He's saying, remain in me and I'll, I'll produce great fruit through you. So great that the amount of work and fruit I can produce through you is going to be so great that as you compare that to what you can accomplish without me or outside of me, right. what, what, you can, what can happen, what I can do through you as a leader is going to be so great. It'll make anything you can do in your own strength appear as nothing. It's just so true, but the temptation is like, well, I got this. God, let me just help you out here a little bit. Hey, we're talking today with Todd Hopkins from OfficePrideFranchise.com, OfficePrideFranchise.com. A little commercial here. Listen, if you've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and you've always wondered what you can do, but you didn't know what you could do, Office Pride Franchise may be one of those places because really running a business is about investing your life in other people. And there's always a strategy and a process around how you're making money to invest your life in those other people. Office Pride Franchise will, if you go out there, officepridefranchise.com, they're not only going to present you an opportunity to purchase an Office Pride Franchise somewhere in the United States of America, but they're going to teach you how to be successful running a business and invest in your life into the people that work for you and work alongside you. I, I can't, I couldn't more highly encourage you than if you are looking for a difference in 2021 in your life, OfficePrideFranchise.com is the place to check out. We have interviewed dozens of Office Pride franchise holders, workers, owners, and uh, it's, it's an amazing impact. Uh, for all over the country. You know, I just want to interject there. I follow a lot of the Office Pride franchisees because I've met them over the years with our interviews with you, Todd. And they're some of the most um, appreciative and encouraging posts that I see on Facebook are either like employees complimenting each other or a shout out or whatever. You know, the culture is so dynamically um evident that it's positive and encouraging. And you know that they're getting that from everybody that they're encountering there. Um, so I just, you know, just as a real testimony to what it's like to be a participant um, in an Office Pride franchise. So um, I just think that's really neat. And it's it's pretty uh, widespread, which I, is amazing. I imagine every day you go to work, it's like going on vacation because you have such great oh, people yeah. working alongside <laughs> you every day. All right, Todd, well, number seven is develops, and I'm not going to give you a chance to respond to that one. Number seven is develops, this is number seven of the 10 qualities of a great Christian business leader, develops and grows future Christian leaders. Todd, what does this look like in your life today? Well, uh, I, I believe we have a responsibility. You know, Psalms, uh, what is it? Psalms uh, 71, 18 says we're supposed to declare his power to the next generation. So we, we want to demonstrate what God is doing through our life. Uh, we want to give him credit, let people see that. And, and, and I think we have a responsibility to develop the next generation of Christian business leaders. What it looks like in my life is through the ministry of CBMC, uh, being able to uh, lead uh, peer groups, young professionals. Got three of those, not uh, 27 men total under the age of 40 who are business leaders. I'm seeing our, our business owners, and now I'm seeing them come up and be leaders in the marketplace. And it's a very exciting thing. And then at Office Pride, same kind of way. Uh, what's what the beauty of franchising is about? I get to work and help these people start and grow a commercial cleaning business. And, and our whole team can pour into them. And Martha, to you, your point, hopefully you, you see that culture of gratitude 
And uh, that's, that's, so it's very pleasing to hear somebody, you know, like you talk about noticing that because mm-hmm. that's what we're wanting to teach and share and, and for everyone to copy. So uh, but I think we have a huge responsibility here. A lot of people miss this, but uh, great Christian business leaders have it at the front, not as afterthought. So we love Romans 12 too. And, um, you know, in that verse, talking about changing the way we think, uh, the great Christian business leader has a journey-focused vision versus a destination-focused, which is consistent with a great commission. Uh, explain that to us. So that's number eight. Uh, yes. So we have, um, yeah, so I, I, God really convicted me uh, to get more clear on our vision. And I was hesitant to say, well, we want to have 500 franchises. We want to do this or that because a lot of people I see, they get so First of all, people, a lot of people don't pay attention to their vision and, and they don't accomplish much. But a lot of high achievers get so focused on the goal that sometimes they, they miss the purpose mm-hmm. or they miss the journey. Mm-hmm. And I always felt hesitant to get too focused on a goal, though I am goal-oriented. But God made it clear to me, Todd, he, I want you to have a journey-focused vision. I want you to be more about how you do things along the way rather than where you end up. And, and so... I have that, and that's to have positive impact, perpetuate growth, eliminate vulnerabilities, and glorify God. That's our vision. It's journey-focused, and I encourage everybody to just have a journey-focused vision. It's consistent with the Great Commission, which talks, Jesus says, as you go. He didn't say go and make 75 disciples. He said, as you go, be making disciples. So it's not always about the numbers. Mm -hmm. It's about the purpose, about the journey. The journey. And so many of us, Todd, who are focused on vision, I would be one of those guilty. Sometimes you miss the people. You miss the forest for the trees. You're heading through the forest. You get all these trees around you. They're gorgeous trees. And we miss them. And sometimes that's the people in our lives that we're, we're so focused on the end game. We miss all of the amazing relationships along the way because we're focused on a sales goal or a whatever kind of an accomplishment. And that's a real disappointment because there's some incredible people out there and we have a chance to, to really make a mistake there, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. And I've been so guilty of that over the years uh, of not being present, you know, even in a conversation with people and thinking, you know, God's put this person in my life at this moment and I need to be engaged in this conversation and whatever. And, and I'm always would typically be thinking about the next thing. So this has taken a lot of work and, and, and intentionality for me to, to, to try to get it right. But, uh, but I'm loving the journey. And then when COVID hit, you know, our, our, our uh, vision didn't change because we were about the journey. And in fact, it became more important than ever. And uh, we've, we're teaching this throughout the whole organization and, and the franchisees are, many of them are embracing it as well. Mm, that's well, good. Speaking of the COVID thing hitting, number nine is calm in crisis and confident in Christ. Explain that because you had a lot of opportunities to practice that number nine quality of a great Christian business leader this year. Yeah, well, I added this one this year because uh, it wasn't on the list, but, you know, our job is to bring calm to the storm. I mean, uh, a lot of people were panicking and uh, a lot of people, whatever their identity was in, they lost that this year. Uh, So our identity should be in Christ and we want to be confident in that. And, and, you know, Satan really will attack us 
and, and challenge us and try to knock our legs out from under us. And, and uh, so it's good just to be able to know, hey, you know what? Ultimately, my identity is in Christ. Uh, business can come and go. Things can happen. But God's got me here for a reason. I'm going to be calm in crisis and, and see what is it, God, you want me to do through this? How are you wanting me to use, how do you want to use me through this? And uh, that enabled us to have a calmness when all this was happening. And, and we're trying to teach that now. This is something that, that I spoke on in our franchise retreat this year. You know, I think there's a lot of people right now that are wondering, how in the world can I even do this? How is it possible to be calm during a crisis? Um, and when you're ready to answer that question, I just have this thought, though, is all of these steps really seem like as we put them into place, we're going to be better prepared to be mm-hmm. calm in crisis. But speak to, you know, somebody who's like right now almost ready to dismiss you because they're like, I, I can't do that. I can't be calm in crisis. How can they get to that place? Well, I think the key is think about responding and not reacting. So you have an event or you have a, an experience in your life. We're all going through an event and experience at the same time here with this COVID. Mm-hmm. So, but you have an event or an experience in your life. And some people say, this has happened to me. And as a result, I've got this outcome. And I want to submit to you that it's really the event or the experience plus how you respond, that's what equals the outcome. In other words, there's a combination of the event and your response. A lot of people will react. Well, I will react sometimes. If we react instead of respond, we're going to end up with a worse outcome. We'll end up saying something we wish we hadn't said or doing something we wish we hadn't done. So the key, I, I would encourage everybody is to think, all right, all this is happening. This is an event. This is an experience I'm having or a situation I'm in. How can I respond, not react? How does God want to respond to this through me? Sometimes we, we can't even do it in our own strength, right? Mm-hmm. So how does God want to respond? How does, how does he want to demonstrate himself through me in this situation? And it will end up leading to a better outcome. And, and so that's what I encourage people to do. And, um, we're not supposed to have, we're not supposed to have fear of sudden disaster. You know, our confidence should be in Christ. All right. But we're still human. And I think that that's just, sometimes we get off track really quick. We're like, Oh, okay. Okay. No, God, this doesn't come as any surprise to God. He knew this was happening. Uh, so that, that's the, it, 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 it's, I know sometimes it's easier said than done. Yeah. All right, we're talking today with Todd Hopkins, OfficePrideFranchise.com, OfficePrideFranchise.com. If you're looking for a solution for your future and you've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and you've just said, you know what, I'm ready to start my own business, maybe as a family business, you should talk to these guys, OfficePrideFranchise.com. They've got a phenomenal solution. It doesn't fit everybody, but they got a phenomenal solution where they can help teach you how to run a great business, but also really run a great kingdom business and learn how to love your business and love your people at the same time. Todd, number 10. So I just want to remind everybody, we've been talking about the 10 qualities of great Christian business leaders, and we have did the first five in one episode, and I'm going to put that link in with this episode so people have them both together and be able to listen to them both. Because I think really as we're turning the flipping the calendar, 
these are really some great things to say, you know, I want to learn how to lean into these. So number 10, Todd, see, it seems easy, but you aren't just talking about lip service. Um, what is number 10? Well, number 10 is give God the credit. And I think great Christian business leaders do that. Pastor Tony Evans uh, says that the quickest way to reverse or halt greatness is by not giving God the credit, by trying to take credit for ourselves. Uh, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, you know, I, I remember a um, little church I used to go to when I was in Indiana, Pastor Gary Stump. He was a business guy in CBMC and God called him to be a pastor. And we come alongside him as he was, you know, getting that, that church going. And, and I remember I would go up to him after he would uh, teach a message. He was always such a great teacher. And I said, man, that was awesome message. That was a great sermon. And he never once said, thank you. I mean, he always said, praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he, he never would take credit. He always gave God the credit. And it set an example for me. Now, a lot of people have a hard time. You know, we, it's good to say thank you. We should say please and thank you. So sometimes I'll say praise the Lord, you know, thank you, or thank you, praise the Lord. I try to give God the credit and acknowledge somebody else's uh, gratitude. But I think it's important to just try to always remember, mm. you know, um, God, uh, uh, he deserves the credit, right? And um, so I think once we start thinking we're doing everything in our own strength, we're setting ourselves up for possibly a downfall. So when you put all 10 of these qualities into place, so let me just remind everybody what they were. This is the 10 qualities of a great Christian business leader, protector of gratitude, committed to prayer, reading, and learning, a challenge that they challenge culture's definitions of success with God's definition of success, that they align personal and business goals with God's calling on their life, committed to and implements a system of distraction control accesses godly wisdom and authority to achieve calling versus doing it in your own strength, develops and grows future Christian leaders that will follow up after them. Uh, uh, As a a great Christian business leader has a journey-focused vision versus a destination-focused vision, Mm -hmm. calm in crisis and confident in Christ, and gives God credit. God gives God the credit. So, Todd, when a great Christian business leader, man or woman, puts these 10 qualities into action, what can we expect to happen in their lives and in the work that they're doing? More than they could have done in their own strength. (laughs) I mean, you know, uh, don't know what God's expectations are for for anyone, but, you know, we should always be pursuing that potential, right? And um, so I, I would just say when people start to put these into practice, They'll probably sense the presence of God more, especially as you spend time praying, as you spend time giving God the credit, acknowledging where that comes from. Um, so I, I don't know. I would hope uh, the best for them, uh, but I, I can't say myself. I do know that that uh, I, I just believe God gets real excited when we try to do things his way and uh, it makes things more clear and, and, and I, I feel more confident when I am able to spend quiet time in the morning and praying and asking God to live through me during the day and for things to work out right the first time and to bless certain relationships and meetings and calls like this. So um, I, I would encourage people to give it a try, you know, 
uh, try it for 30 days and see what happens. I love that. And a money back guarantee. It's it's amazing because it's just a great example of how the scripture is full of wisdom that God has given to us for purpose, for us to um, use and, and put into practice in our lives and in our work. And you've taken some of those and, and really put them into some great bullet points for us. And, you know, it, it definitely, you know, at, at the worst, you're not going to be in a worse situation. But what amazing opportunity for God to work through you when you apply some of these principles. So thank you so much for compiling them and then also sharing them with our listeners. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It's, uh, I mean, this is a work in progress. Um, um, so we're... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading through this, I'm talking about it, but I'm always adding and, and building out. So, uh, but I'm always excited to be able to share with you guys. Appreciate all you do for Office Pride and and uh, wish you guys the very best. Well, thank you, Todd. And who wouldn't want to work under a guy like Todd Hopkins and the rest of the Office Pride team? Check them out online, officepridefranchise.com. Thank you, Todd Hopkins. Mm-hmm. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I I work work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at iworkforhim to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at iworkforhim and online iworkforhim.com. I work the number number four, him.com.